Our 2023 performance review series comes to a close with the defensive backs. A look at the Dolphins' secondary this past season and what information we can glean for the direction of the unit moving forward. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team Every day here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. We took a break from the performance review series for a couple of days to uh, get into the defensive coordinator candidates and go through the senior bowl uh, prospects of note for the Miami Dolphins, uh, some names across the board on both sides of the ball, and it was fun to, to kind of break it up. But getting back in and, and closing the book on this kind of initial pass and debrief of 2023, we've done all these position groups, the, the lines, the skill players, the quarterback, the linebackers, Corners and safeties is all that's left. And this this unit is in a little bit of a weird flux uh, because the defensive coordinator role uh, is probably going to dictate some of what the, the trends and, and priorities of this unit looks like moving forward. There's some big contracts in this group, particularly at cornerback with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. And Howard's role has been highly speculated and understandably so. But... Um, when you debrief this season, it doesn't have the same extreme interruptions that the offensive line does, but I do think it is worth acknowledging that in a split zone match defense, uh, the lack of continuity that this unit seemed to have from start to finish uh, certainly didn't do it any favors. And it's not an excuse for the performance. Players individually need to perform better on a number of different levels, and we'll highlight what those are. But um, of the 17-game regular season, this defense was a base nickel defense, which meant there were five defensive backs on the field for a majority of the time. Nickel is, of course, you take a linebacker off the field and you put an extra DB on the field. That player uh, at full strength was Cater Kohu, the second-year corner. Here are the splits of the games that this team played with each number of available players from the nickel. So, for example, the team played three games this season with all five players of the originally intended starting nickel defense available to them. And that, of course, came uh, the New England Patriots' second game, the Kansas City Chiefs game the first time through in the regular season, and the Raiders game out of the bye. The team played nine games this season 
with four out of the five intended players. And, and you know, that includes uh, early in the season when Jalen Ramsey is out. That includes when Javon Holland goes down for a stretch. Deshaun Elliott misses a game. The team played four games this season with three out of the five originally intended starter starting defensive backs in the nickel available. And the team played one game this season, the second Jets game with two out of the original five originally intended starters in the nickel defense available to them. So you know that it, it's not quite the same extreme again as the offensive line where you had 13 different combinations and just the, the lack of continuity there was a constant churn but you didn't really get to see the full picture of what this was intended to be for more than a handful of games in the middle of the season, which is a bummer uh, because, you know, when Ramsey goes down early in the season, then you find out it's not a season ender and he comes back ahead of schedule. You felt like he really could have held clung on to that as, um, as a pillar that you could get better with through the second half of the season. That of course did not happen. Now, before we get into the individual player uh, performances as well, I think it is important to distinguish where the Dolphins uh, use their coverages relative to the rest of the league. And these numbers are, are courtesy of guest of the show, Cody Alexander, uh, who came in uh, in the summertime to kind of break down the Vic Fangio defense in a deep dive and get very technical. And he has some excellent resources with match quarters that he does throughout the course of the season. And, and we're going to use a couple of those keys just to kind of quantify where the Dolphins' coverage trends matched up across the rest of the league. Uh, the Dolphins' defense disguised coverages at the third highest rate of any defense in the league this past year. League average was no disguise on about 73% of your coverage snaps. The Dolphins dis had no disguise on 62%, so less than two-thirds of the time. Um, they were dis or they were disguising coverage. You put that through the lens of teams like the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants and the New York Jets and the Houston Texans. These teams are not disguising coverage four out of every five snaps. Over 80% of the time, there's no disguising of what coverage they are intending to run. So there's there's pros and cons to it, right? Uh, that one of the pros to disguising coverage is that you uh, force the quarterback to do their processing after the snap. The cons to that is you really can't do a lot of matchup stuff. And that's the thing for this Dolphins defense that felt like it was a sore spot all season long. The only two units that disguise coverage less frequently this year than the Miami Dolphins were the Carolina Panthers with Ejiro Averro, and they ranked as a top five unit, and Raheem Morris's L.A. Rams defense. Those two teams were under 60% of the time they disguised coverage. So Miami, very high up on that lexicon of uh, just, just vanilla, plain, we're going to not show you what we're doing before the snap. From an uh, actual coverage calls perspective, Miami was among the league leaders in cover six, which we covered in depth at the beginning of the, in the summertime, but that is split field coverage where half the field is playing cover two and the other half of the field is playing quarters. Uh, that the idea there is to try to leverage formational strength and um, 
passing tendencies and get numbers over top of eligibles accordingly. Uh, but where it really bit the Dolphins was the communication and how to pass off and leverage routes that came across the middle of the field. And I think you certainly saw that plenty of times uh, for this Dolphins team. Now, the Dolphins, interestingly enough, they were uh, bottom of the league in one coverage call. Their frequency of running cover two this season was dead last in the league. About one-tenth the frequency of the league average of calling cover two. Um, according to the matrix uh, that, that Cody Alexander has put out, the Dolphins, uh, they played cover zero about 5% of the time. They were in cover one, which is a single high safety and man coverage across the board, 17% of the time. They played cover three about 35% of the time. Cover two, 1% of the time. It was a very infrequent call for the Dolphins. Uh, quarters, they played 14% of the time. And uh, cover six, they played 22% of the time. So their bread and butter coverage calls were cover three, cover six, and cover one. Just to kind of put them into buckets and families. Of course, there's more complex calls than that. But it certainly does help paint the picture the, of how this team chose to play defense. And then when you cross-reference that with where there were struggles, and we'll talk about individual player performances next, uh, it, it helps the context for sure. We're going to get into the cornerbacks next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Gone are the days of connecting with your phone. With the class executive Google built in, is your always updating assistant to call on for most anything. Google Assistant, Maps, Play Store are built right into the 12-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system the 2024 nissan rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure the 2024 nissan armada will change what you expect from a full-size suv picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to eight in first class luxury and style tow bigger and explore further with the 2024 armada take the nissan rogue pathfinder or armada and go find your next big adventure shop nissanusa.com So let's get into the cornerbacks specifically. And I have four players that we, we are going to primarily focus on in this segment of the show. And they are the four that you have come to know as being the uh, full-time players in the Dolphins secondary. Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, Cater Kohu, and Eli Apple. And I have a couple metrics here that are designed to, to kind of illustrate um, – the player performance. And then of course, obviously the tape itself does, does its own service for uh, what player performance look like throughout the course of the season. I think you start with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, everything that you hoped he would be in getting back onto the field and available for the dolphins throughout the course of this season. He was a player that teams uh, did not test um, with any level of frequency. He was targeted 42 times when he returned from his uh, meniscus injury uh, to, to put that number into perspective, Eli Apple was targeted 76 times this season. Xavier Howard was targeted 71 times this season and Cater Kohu was targeted 84 times this season in accordance to the data provided by pro football focus. So 42 targets 
and then a 52% completion percentage when targeting Jalen Ramsey this season uh, is a very strong testament to what Ramsey still has in the tank. Now, I know when we acquired Jalen Ramsey last March, there was some conversation, and then they drafted Cam Smith, and you started hypothesizing on what that could look like and Ramsey's optimal impact on the defense. He played 15 snaps this season in the slot. 15 snaps in the slot total. That um, that does not align with where Jalen Ramsey was weaponized most with the Rams the past few seasons. So is it more about Jalen Ramsey being a premier perimeter corner? Is it more about this vanilla presentation and not wanting to to showcase what kind of coverage cues you're giving. I, I'm sure the truth is probably somewhere in the middle on all fronts. We know Jalen Ramsey was not shy in season when asked about opportunities to follow around receivers uh, that he wanted the challenge and the opportunity. And um, you know, there's been some speculation that Ramsey may have taken it upon himself, at least on one occasion, uh, to do that. But that is not something that um, was a staple for this Dolphins team. They did not play matchups. They had outside corners and a nickel. And I know that was a source of frustration for this team down the stretch. Uh, Ramsey, uh, I think it's also worth giving him a ton of credit for his role as a tackler as well. He had a 7.1% missed tackle rate this season. Uh, that is the best figure for any of the seven primary snap takers in the secondary. So not only is he your best coverage option, he's your best tackler. He's your most physical player. Yeah, this is still somebody who is capable of playing at an extremely high level. And I think you can make the argument with 15 snaps in the slot and moving around and not playing matchups. Uh, there's a lot of meat left on the bone for what Jalen Ramsey could be. And I think that's if you're looking for the upsell on the sudden change from Vic Fangio. And I do think from an X's and O's standpoint, it has the potential to be a, a, a sizable loss for Miami. And, and what they do with their next coordinator hire, whether that's Brandon Staley or Anthony Weaver or Anthony Campanile or somebody else, um, is to be determined. There's been a couple of interviews that the Dolphins have had scheduled that have taken defensive coordinator roles elsewhere already. Um, but if you want the upsell on a potential change, I think that's one of the biggest ones is maximizing Jalen Ramsey's impact. Xavier Howard, um, played in the snap in the slot less frequently than Jalen Ramsey, believe it or not, three snaps in the slot this season. Uh, he was targeted 71 times, as we mentioned, uh, missed a number of games, uh, with a number of different injuries throughout the course of the season, a hip foot that cost him the end of the year. Uh, he was credited with an 86 passer rating against him in coverage, giving up 62% completion on those 71 targets. Jalen Ramsey's uh, passer rating allowed was 48.6. 86 is a solid rating, um, but I do think Howard was somebody who had his own unique ups and downs. Uh, his seven penalties tied the team lead in penalties defensively for Miami this season. Uh, appeared as though there were some times where we were a little overly aggressive. I also think some of the penalties that he was called for, just remembering 
uh, throughout the course of the season were, were probably ticky tack, but technically contact beyond the five yard window. Um, didn't necessarily get the same ball production. And I think when you watch X at this stage of his career, uh, he's his transitional quickness, I think is maybe something that is an adjustment for him to being in position to play the ball. Uh, there were a couple of occasions, including one of the targets from DeAndre Hopkins deep downfield where, or, or on a deep shot from against Tennessee, where you felt like he was in position to make a play on the ball and, and just lost at the catch point. And that's what Howard was so good at for so long. So of course the concern is when you cross-reference that and the trend of that with the missed games this year and the salary and his age, um, how does that trend? I think you can make a firm argument uh, that Miami would be better off with Howard being in the secondary again next year. But at the same time, if you have invested in other players and you feel confident in Cam Smith, particularly without Vic Fangio's um, lack of appetite to play him being in the way, is there a transition to be made here as you try to get younger in key spots and stay competitive uh, and maximize your winning window? I, I think that's a conversation the Dolphins are going to have to cross-reference. Eli Apple was the other outside corner. Uh, he... Uh, took only 11 snaps in the slot this season. He was targeted 76 times as compared to 42 for Ramsey and 71 for Xavier Howard. Uh, he conceded completions on 66% of his targets uh, and a pass rating allowed of 105.5. So kind of this steady progression from Ramsey to Howard to Apple as far as the productivity of those outside corners goes. I, I think you understand what the strengths and weaknesses of Eli Apple are. I think Dolphins fans got a good taste of that throughout the course of the season. Uh, he had a missed tackle rate of 16%. Xavier Howard had a 14% missed tackle rate. Again, Jalen Ramsey, 7%. That number is twice as good as either of the other two outside corner options on the team. Kater Kohu uh, was the player who I had a lot of hopes for this season. He played 647 snaps in the slot in a primarily split zone match defense and the adjustment there was massive pro football focus credited him with 84 targets and coverage and credited him with conceding completions on 84 and a half percent of those 84 targets he missed tackles on 16 percent of his total tackle challenges but when you looked at that in run support alone that number jumps to 30 percent of tackle attempts his passer rating allowed in coverage was 133.7 in accordance to Pro Football Focus. And the miscommunications with passing off and leveraging routes with that nickel spot and the safety spot behind it, whether it was Holland, whether it was Elliott, whether it was Jones, was an issue all season long. And when you play zone match, the only thing that gets that better is reps and time. So are you going to sign yourself up for more of that this upcoming season? It would seem so, at least to some degree, based on the backgrounds of the coaches that they are interested in interviewing, although some of the internal candidates could potentially go a little bit of a different direction. But that is the, the biggest thing for the Dolphins is figuring out their nickel spot. You have 30% missed tackle rate 
in run support. And you have an 85% completion percentage allowed. Nickel's a hard spot to live in in the NFL because you have to be able to play the run like a safety and you have to cover like a man corner. But when the coverage rules force you to make post-snap reads and decisions and you're primarily a man coverage player, which was what Kohu's background is in, uh, you have this really nasty conflict. And it felt like he lived in that for a lot of this season. So that's the spot for Miami that I, I think you could live. If you told me you got the rest of the numbers at a sustained level on the perimeter all season long, you could probably live with it. Having two guys that put up Jalen Ramsey numbers on the perimeter is just not a realistic expectation. But that nickel spot is an area, whether it's Kohu or someone else moving forward, if you're going to play the same style of defense, there has to be growth in that spot. We'll talk about the safeties next year on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, so stick with us. The start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What is the one move that I can make in 2024 that will take my business to the next level? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. It is a vast network of more than a billion professionals with a B which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one and getting a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, they may not have the time or resources they ideally would have for the hiring process. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. I have um, shared my story before here this week on DoorDash. I, I've been homesick most of the week, and I'm feeling better now, thankfully. But uh, I could not have done it without the help of our friends over at DoorDash to help keep me fueled with the caffeine that I need to be grinding the tape all day long. DoorDash has all of your favorite groceries, local restaurants for your favorite meals, you name it. So whether you are on the go, whether you don't have time to cook, or whether you're tailgating for the Super Bowl, you name it, DoorDash has you covered. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCKED23, subject to change. And terms do apply. So the safeties uh, for Miami. I think you had uh, you had an admirable showing from the safeties, uh, much like the nickel position. When you play the safety position, you have that much more depth that you are conceding at times uh, in coverage. Your completion rates you tend to see be a little bit higher for the safeties. Um, now, I will say that you you got some pretty decent run from both Javon Holland and Deshaun Elliott playing in the slot. Both of these players logged more than 100 total snaps in the slot this season. Javon Holland, uh, 32 targets, lined up at the slot, 121 snaps this season. 
uh, was credited with 108 passer rating allowed against him. Deshaun Elliott, 36 targets, lined up in the slot 113 times, uh, passer rating allowed of 112 uh, allowed against him on his 36 targets. Uh, I think the tackling was pretty sure for both of these guys. They were both single-digit missed tackle rate. Uh, Javon Holland, 7.8%. Deshaun Elliott, 8.8%. Pretty solid numbers from a tackling perspective. Especially you consider both these guys are big, long, physical safeties uh, who have to play from depth and have to pursue and close and fit the run and support past the catch point uh, from depth. That's not an easy job to fill. I think both of those guys uh, achieved that fairly well. I do wish we'd have seen uh, Javon Holland at 100% down the stretch. Uh, never felt like when he came back from the injury that he was himself completely. Uh, and a, a buzzkill of a way, uh, that first Jets game that, that already cost you Jalen Phillips uh, to have Javon Holland go down uh, where, with a play where he's awkwardly on the ground uh, and has a body land on top of him and sprains both of his MCLs in the process that, that uh, I think maybe if Miami wouldn't have been so strapped for IR spots, could have potentially landed him on IR with, as an IR return candidate. But even when he came back for Baltimore and Buffalo, uh, you could tell he was not the player uh, that we were accustomed to seeing this season. So uh, I think that's a potential influx uh, of positive play that Dolphins fans can look forward to this upcoming season is Javon Holland back at 100%. I would strongly advocate the team to re-sign Deshaun Elliott if they're going to plan on running the same concepts. It felt like he really took over the quarterback role back there. And having confidence with your keys, your communication, and your calls – this defense does put a lot on the safeties for things that they can then designate based on leverage and motion uh, for how they're going to pass stuff off. So continuity, I, I think, would be a good thing here, and I would be very supportive of Deshaun Elliott being brought back into the fray. The other uh, safety, the third safety being Brandon Jones, uh, was not really targeted a whole bunch in coverage. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily a coincidence just based on his strengths and weaknesses and how you maybe tried to implement him. Uh, he was in the slot 54 snaps this season, so he did get a little bit of a fair run, or at least he got more run than Apple, ha Howard, and Ramsey combined got in the slot. But um, he was only targeted 14 times in coverage. Here's where things get, get a little frustrating with Brandon Jones. For being known as the run support player, he had a 17% missed tackle rate. And in run support reps, that number went up to 31% of tackles against the run were missed tackle attempts. So uh, I think that's where, for Brandon Jones, as an expiring contract, your skill set's a little different than both Holland and Elliott. Um, and now if you if you, where your strength is as a player you don't have an alignment with performance from a consistency perspective. And I think angles were what really cost Brandon uh, at times this season. It felt like early on, he was still trying to find his footing uh, and still trying to get a feel for um, his range as a player. Obviously he's coming back off of an ACL last year, but then later in the season stuff is developing in front of his face. And some of the angles are a little too flat. And then I got a widen and I've given up run after catch opportunities or run after contact opportunities because I didn't take the best uh, or most anticipatory angle initially trying to support the run. 
So if you ask me who's back off of this group, um, Ramsey for sure, he's under contract. Kohu um, is on a rookie deal. The Dolphins need players like that. I I do question how good of a fit he is long-term if this is the defense you intend on running. Apple, probably not when you consider Cam Smith's presence. Howard, I would lean no. Uh, Javon Holland, yes. I would strongly endorse Deshaun Elliott being back. And then Brandon Jones is an expiring contract that I probably would not uh, have a large market for. So you'll you'll turn this over. And Chris Greer said as much when they did their exit interviews. They said 30 to 40% of an NFL roster on an annual basis is, is turned over. I'd expect you'll see that in the secondary, for better or for worse. That is going to do it for us for our performance reviews. I hope you guys enjoyed this deep dive into the Dolphins secondary from the 2023 season. I'm Kyle Krabs. You can keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins and find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make it a great rest of your day. I'm out of here. Fins up.